0: Hey there, it's Matt. Welcome to Food Under Fire, where we explore grace and resilience in the food system. I want to take a moment to reflect on why I do this show today. Perhaps you're a first-time listener, or maybe you've been here for a while. Either way, I think it's good that we come to a mutual understanding of what's going on here. Plain and simple, I want to give a platform and a voice to a population of people who don't get enough of a platform or enough of an opportunity to share their voice. We tend to take food industry people for granted. We expect them to toil away on our food in the kitchen at the back of house and serve it to us at the front of house. Sure, there are a lot of you out there who have an inherent appreciation of this already, but I'd wager that there's people out there who don't think twice about who's really serving them when they go out to eat, or if we're talking about the last year, ordering takeout. What we don't see are the literal blood, sweat, and tears that go into a dish. Restaurant work is hard on a chef's body, and it's even harder on their mind. Mental health struggles are no joke in this industry. More often than not, we tend to view these people in a very reductionist manner. We look at them and we ask them to either entertain us on Food Network or make us happy with a plate of food. They're always providing for us, always putting on a show for us, but what about them? What are they thinking? What are they feeling? This show started as a way to check in on this industry when COVID started, but that's not really what it is anymore. At this point, it's pretty simple. Just celebrating the humanity of food industry workers and honoring their strength. Look, I'll be honest, I don't know where this show is going. I don't have much of a direction for it. And even though I've planned and enacted a few schemes to make money, I haven't really been motivated to focus on that. Perhaps I'll get more intentional about that stuff, especially merch at some point, but most of my attention goes into finding the most compelling and inspiring voices in the Twin Cities food scene and beyond. What really drives me is connecting with these people, giving them a platform and giving them an opportunity to openly and honestly share their hearts with us. Before we get into today's episode, be sure to follow the podcast on the official Instagram page, which you can now find at Food Under Fire Pod. You can find it on Facebook as well under the same name. Keep in mind that I recently launched a Patreon for the podcast. Patreon is a service where for as little as $3 a month, you can get access to bonus content and merch. It's optional, but if you're interested, visit patreon.com slash food under fire. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash food under fire. Find the link in the description as well. And of course, if you enjoy the show, consider subscribing on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You could also share with a friend or leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Food Under Fire was recently featured in the top 100 food programs across all of Apple Podcasts, and that's all thanks to you rating the show, downloading, and listening. If the Twin Cities food scene had a mom, it'd be Kate Meyer. Well, it'd be more accurate to say she's the mom of everyone who wears her aprons, which is mostly everyone in the Twin Cities food scene. But in the beginning, only three people were wearing her aprons her sons. Corey, Blake, and Luke. Knowing she had clothing design experience, they asked their mom to create an apron that would be more comfortable during long and grueling shifts. Soon enough, their co-workers began to ask about the aprons too. And that's how her business, BA Craftmade Aprons, actually started. Word of mouth throughout the kitchens of Minnesota. Since then, Kate has been hard at work cultivating love and community with her aprons across the Twin Cities restaurant scene. But it doesn't stop there. Her work is a functional fashion statement for chefs both nationally and internationally. One of her most honorable efforts was Project Black and Blue, a mental health awareness campaign branded by a series of black and blue aprons. This color scheme reflects the mental and physical bruising that chefs go through during their career. The campaign was a huge success and found a large number of advocates willing to spread her message. But Kate faced a major challenge in 2020. She was busier than ever, while her three sons and her daughter, who was a server, all had immense challenges in their employment. This left Kate feeling racked with guilt. Yes, her business took off in the previous year and continued to grow, but her children have gone through some of the most challenging times in their respective lives, with some of them even reconsidering their food careers. This and much more was on my mind when I left my apartment in St. Paul to visit her at the headquarters for B.A. Craftmade Aprons in Minneapolis. (laughs) ¶¶ I'm looking forward, very much, to talking about aprons on this beautiful Monday morning. (laughs) The address brings me to a warehouse district alleyway. It's where Tattersall Distillery is located, but I'm not entirely sure where to go. I gave her a call. Hello. Hi, Kate. It's Matt. I'm here. Hi, good yeah. Hi, hi. Good morning. I'm here outside of uh, Tattersall's, wondering oh. the. Uh, to the dock eight. Attacks. Dock eight. Okay. Okay, I have located Dock 8. Once I make my way inside, I go through a series of doorways and arrive at a massive wall painted with the BA logo. This was it. I walk past the logo and into a large warehouse filled with sewing machines and loose fabrics. Hi, is Kate here. Okay. That. The okay. Side, that side. What do you think will
1: work best for you? Um. We just got a whole bunch
0: of stuff in. Oh yeah, you did. This is very cool. We find a comfy spot to record, and our conversation begins with her children. What was it like as a mother watching your sons go through? And currently go through what has been happening in the last year.
1: So should we start from like when they first started doing these jobs? Because that's an interesting piece. Oh, really? Sure. We (laughs) can start there. Yeah. Well, like, because for what, um, me as a mom and having my kids start out in the industry, um, knowing how challenging that is and watching it, um, I know that my older two, like, always knew that this would be what they wanted to do just because they had a, passion and love for it um it's hard though to be a parent and see them working those hours when they're young um coming home really late needing that hour or two of time after work just to regroup your mindset right because it's an intense job you've got to work really hard it's an intense you got to be quick you got to be reactive you got to be ready the flow is if you or follow out of sync you've got to get back in you know the whole in the weeds piece that's real so come home they regroup get themselves so they can sleep sleep a few hours get back up go in early so low pay hard work um, no medical insurance so all of those pieces for me I would have talks with them like why do you like why is this something you want to choose to do (laughs) I mean I know I love you I know that you love it but also there are times you see someone it's hard to to love that piece when it's so intense and the work is so hard and uh I feel as though I mean you get the gratification of seeing your guests happy but when you're a line cook and you're just part of the team you have to enjoy that team and those pieces so for me it was it was challenging to see it and watch it once I started doing this job that I'm doing going into um, back of house and meeting full teams I found out that that's like a little family for them so they have this kind of cool group of people that you all get each other and you all have a solid understanding and you have to work together and there has to be flow so I started to have a better understanding of why so you have your passion your creativity you love to cook so all those pieces are there and then you have this team and it's supportive and you're on each other's side and so you get each other so I have I got some insight to that seeing that learning about how they it's It has dysfunction, like family. So it's like a lot of people that I met along that road, they were also, um, some of them didn't have family. So this was their primary family. So I learned a lot in that process and learning why that was a thing for them. It's it's still, (laughs) I think that was the piece where the part with the component of Project Black and Blue became even bigger for me. because I I understood their dynamics in that setting then better. So if I have an opportunity to build a business that's going to um, be a platform and that we would be able to create some awareness, I wanted to make the awareness of how hard these individuals work for this passion, for this job, for to better our days when we go out and we want to have fun. There's someone there putting forth a lot of effort for us at a minimal like, like, They're being uh, appreciated minimally, I think, for what they're providing. So knowing that is like, we've gotta do something to make some kind of funds available, you know, help them out somehow.
0: Yeah, we definitely take them for granted, that whole industry, either that, or we prop them up as entertainment on Food Network. Uh, I think think that's why Project Black and Blue is so important because it really humanizes them and and shows the the struggle that they go through in their industry because Mm -hmm. the short stint that I had, working in a restaurant, being a line cook. It was really hard work. And I remember thinking, I cannot believe people do this for a career. My wrists were like (laughs) killing me. My lower back was killing Mm -hmm. me. Uh, I was was always exhausted at the end of each shift. But the one thing that really made it all worth it is this thing that you touched on was the camaraderie of everyone in the kitchen. And it formed this family. But still, at the end of the day, these people are uh, really putting in the work and I feel like aren't appreciated enough so then when we have a, a project like yours and we literally highlight the bruises that these people are getting just to service a plate of food I think that's really important and honorable it's
1: the part that uh, speaking with one of our chefs out in in um, Philly and him telling me that as an executive chef or restaurant owner people see you as like it's more glamorous right they see you at the top and you look like you have it all together. And that's why he said it was significant. Um, I would custom make him an apron and it would, he wanted it to be black with purple. And I'm like curious as to uh, that doesn't seem like something you'd choose, but why is that? And he said for him, it was just that it was like, he knew the bruising that went through. So for him, it was significant for that. And he didn't have to explain that to people, but it's just, it, it was significant to him. So learning that piece, um, that's where the black and blue piece came in to, in my thought process, if we can have, um, just a, something that someone's wearing that shows black and blue, the bruising, that would be an identifier from one to another. Like you're wearing that, I get you, you know, it's, um, I had someone tell me that they were working at a state fair, um, a ton of people and they had multiple guests that had heard what we we talk about with the project and there's been a little bit of stories shared um, publicly about about this project and he said he had people come up to him and thank him for how hard he's working and they saw his apron on him and they said we get it like we didn't realize how hard you're working and seeing that apron like it made us think for a second so just that one time and that little bit of hearing that it it uh I mean, it made me thankful that there's some awareness. And if it's something like that that can cause somebody to stop and look at you and go, you're hustling so hard at the state fair. That's really, really, really hard work. And you're putting in even additional hours. And sometimes that's on top of your other place you're trying to hold up to. Uh, But for them to stop and be like, I'm waiting in line forever. Where's my stuff? And be like, wow, you are really putting in the time and effort. And I need to appreciate you more. That was cool.
0: Wow. That is extremely significant. I mean, when's the last time you heard someone walk up to a chef and say something like that?
1: Exactly, right? And, <laughs> and having them feel good, right? There's been times where you get kind of emotional knowing that you can impact um, their day. Even the fact that there will be people that um, will reach out to us and, and say that uh, it's just awesome to know that someone's looking out for them. And so we try to make sure that we do that the best that we can.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really appreciate the fact that you seem to highlight and celebrate chefs so much, whether it's on Black and Blue or the Craft Made Aprons page, just the Instagram page alone, just having these single shots of these chefs and like telling their stories and really advocating for them as individuals. uh, I think that's so important.
1: It's been important. And I think that um, this business was built by word of mouth. So it started three years ago, almost to the day, three years of of me making stuff for my kids and then just they gave a couple to their friends um just out of like this is cool my mom made this um giving an apron chef to chef is kind of a cool thing um they quickly became like this cool like it was a weird underground thing that happened um and i i you know, working on the different designs, having a cross back so people don't have as much neck strain so you feel better. I, um, one of my kids was having headaches and migraines, didn't even realize that it was from wearing something around his neck, like all day. So changing that design was really cool and important, but it's just that we have this team cheering for us. So we have to, I mean, I feel just this, uh, importance to show them my appreciation. Um, I wanna work harder for them. I wanna do better at my job to show them that I'm there supporting what they're doing and I get what and why they're doing it. So um, I love their, um, they're great with like new ideas. So they'll come in here and we'll hammer out some new ideas together. It's how we worked on our knife rolls. It's how we change an apron design. If we come up with a new fabric, I'll have people test it out. It's how we did our chef coats, which is that new cool piece that we're doing. it's just me kind of helping to be like the vehicle for them. So they give info, and I'm really just here to take it in and apply it and turn it into something. And the, the excitement that they have, sometimes I feel a little bit of like, should I share? It, was, it took me a while to want to share that we moved our spaces three times in a year because we were growing and we were doing cool things. Um, but it's hard to share that at a time when I see our team struggling, but their point is we feel so connected to this brand and what it's doing that it it makes them proud. Like they're proud and they're cheering this on. And um, it's that encouragement why we keep pushing more.
0: Was this in the plan when you were a little girl growing up? You are like, I wanna make aprons one day. I think that's the, think that's the funny <laughs> thing about life is that it takes these turns that we don't really expect. And all of a sudden our, our life becomes this thing that we never would have predicted.
1: Uh, I would say that so younger, I was the youngest of eight. I had access to a sewing machine, whatever fabrics I wanted to use. And I liked the idea of building things. I like to make things. I like to, to do that. I don't, didn't work with patterns, and I just did stuff. So started young. In my 20s, I had um, I did a fashion show at First Avenue. There was no reason behind it other than they asked me because I made everything that I wore. Um, so, they said, would you do that? So, a Saturday night um, at First Avenue, we did this amazing thing. I made clothes for men and women, and it was just this incredible night. Really, really fun. Um, and it just uh, I, when I was uh, 18, I had s- created some skate pants. So, I had my own brand that I created it's called Skate Rage. So, I had these cool pants made for skaters. Um, was really cool. I did that, uh, for quite some time, uh, maybe about a year and a half and it was really awesome. But then I really focused on, um, taking care of my sons and raising my kids. So that really, that was my main focus is taking care of my family. Um, I focused on that incredibly like that was, that was my thing. Um, this was never intended. I never saw it. I didn't, um, I, I don't know if I would have ever believed that I could be doing this. Um,
0: Why is that? Why do you say that?
1: Well, so me I dropped out of high school. Okay. I have a GED. I worked. Uh, I worked at a. Um, I did retail for a little while. Like I don't have any like serious uh, education. I'm just uh, open to ideas. And I like to try to make them come forward. And I'm honestly, I just, my heart is with people. And so learning about you and learning about what is, uh would make your day better, I'm all in on that. So I don't know if that necessarily needs like um, those other pieces of having post-secondary education or any of those things. They're just not in my wheelhouse. I think being older comes with that too. I don't have a... A preconceived mindset of what I should be doing I just know that I need to just go with this as it 's sitting in front of me because it's amazing and incredible, and how many people get an opportunity like this right so it 's like every day i'm I try to be all in even on the really really hard days and believe me, they're like really hard days trying to navigate and problem solve and do this um, at a the growth and the rate this business wants to be at this level um it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort and energy and thinking outside of the box of how do we do this this fast? It's been challenging.
0: Well, yeah, I imagine. We're in your warehouse full of sewing machines and fabrics. I mean, just the logistics alone, I can't even imagine.
1: There's a lot um, that comes with just having support of a f- full team of people that are on the same goal, um, working on our chef coats that we designed we had u.s foods that came to us wanted some uh problem solving done on what they had prior and asked if we could do that and they wanted to support our brand and they wanted to support our beliefs and our ideas and what we wanted to head toward and having the support of a full team that wanted that same goal as well and are behind like let's problem solve together we'll spend sometimes we've spent a full 12-hour day just trying to come up with how do we make this woman's coat fit better because that was one of their things they really needed so we looked at how does the fabric fit what are the areas we need to change a little Um, we want lady chefs to feel embraced as well because they're working really really hard and we wanted them to uh, have a feel really we want them to be seen. We want them to feel appreciated. So um, putting those hours in and having the support of people that believe in that goal with me, that's why we succeed. There are people willing to spend time and focus and energy on those, those avenues as a group.
0: That's another thing to be really grateful of because it's not really hard to find and create a team, but it's very difficult to find a, a good team where everyone is kind of on the same level in terms of vision. Because that's when greatness really comes into play. It's so true. Is, so- is when everyone is on the same is on the same level of this is who we are and this is what we do. As opposed to, just a hodgepodge group of folks just like, yep, let's do this, let's do that. When everyone is on the same page, values wise, it's
1: it Who knows was where you go? Kind of like that with the chefs too, though. When we were doing the development of these coats and we worked, we worked on. The design before the launch on and off for a year like and pretty intensely at times but i would pull in chefs at any given time when we needed help to can you try this on can we look at the fit can you give me feedback on how do you feel about the way this fabric's fitting um how how did you feel as a perform i'll put it on someone in the kitchen but everybody at any given time would show up whenever we asked so that kind of blew my mind too that they would um, be part of this with us. So it like feels like it's their product. It feels like this product is theirs. So those pieces kind of blow your mind a little bit, right? That you can ask people to help. Can you help me do my job? And they'll be willing to show up and do that with you.
0: I was talking to my, my guest last week about this. I, I feel like when you create a brand that is really authentic and speaks true to who you are and what your values are, it's, it's a pretty natural process of, having people jump on board with you, not only in terms of your team, but in, in terms of people to serve. I think that's one of the reasons why chefs are so drawn to this brand because there's something inherent about it that, uh, that really speaks to who you are and what your values are. It's just very authentic and honest, you know,
1: that's pretty cool. Matt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You can kind of just see it in the way that you guys present yourselves on social media and, and all that. And again, who who knows where that can take you, that sense of authenticity Um, people want to be with you on that ride um, when we
1: did knife rolls this is a cool part with having um, technology as it is now which is amazing um i spent some time like kicking ideas back and forth with a knife maker in ireland who's like a really well-known knife maker but the fact that we have someone like that that can weigh in and give ideas and you know he's been doing this for i don't know how long but um i know he's highly regarded in the industry but having him able to spend time working with me on let's put this pocket here and do this with elastic like his input and feedback on that is incredible and having that level of of, a community aspect with someone in ireland that's like let me give you some guidance that's pretty mind-blowing too
0: It's already turning into an international effort from what I've read and just not only people from around the States, I mean, you're, you're far beyond the reach of Minnesota. Now that's where your heart is. Of course, that's where the heart of the business is, but the, the impact has been so much greater than that. And I think it speaks to the piece of what I just said is that when you're authentic, people are naturally drawn to that and they want to collaborate with you
1: going to get me a little motion. Not. <laughs> well,
0: I, it's, it's just, I don't know. I It's just so obvious to me, I guess maybe as someone on the, on the inside, Kate, you don't really see it, but cause you're in it every day. And I think that's something that happens to folks when they're working on something. They don't see it the same way as other people do because they're just in it every day. I feel
1: that. I feel that. Right. <laughs> it's so true. And, and, it
0: is. and then all of a sudden you have people. Coming to you saying, hey, this is a really great thing that you're doing, and you're saying what what? Oh, this is this is just kind of like what I've been doing for the past X amount of yeah. years. Yeah. I didn't even realize that it was that to you, but thanks. And yeah. you almost don't even kind of no. know how to take it.
1: I feel that. And uh those are the parts where I struggle too is um it's uh it blows my mind to have people being wanting to be a part of this right and i feel like i've been so head down trying to keep pushing forward to do cool things um you don't realize your impact on others it's that's exactly true um we had to just pause for a minute and look at the fact that in our first year with project black and blue we gave back fifty four thousand dollars to the community wow and that is on top of all the other work that we've been able to do, and our team is very, very tiny. So, um, the dedication that we've put into to hit those marks, I'm I'm always blown away, right? But uh, you have to pause for a moment and just look at those pieces because sometimes you're pushing so hard that that you don't like you say you're like in it, so immersed in it that it's hard to see those pieces. Um, yeah.
0: I want, to, I want to go back to a question that I, I, I was on, but then I kind of faded away from and I want to get back to it. So you, you were talking about the origin and everything and your son's connection to it. And then you were talking about how when your son's first got into this industry, you're kind of questioning it and you're saying that looks really hard and painful and almost not worth it in a way. Why are you doing that? Then it made sense to you. But then we had the pandemic come and what i what I was trying to get at way earlier in our conversation here, I mean, as a mother, you see an event like this happen, and your, you said your daughter was a server at the time, yep yep I mean, what do you think when an event is is coming that could very well be the end at that time we thought it was we thought it could very well be the end of hospitality, and literally all four of your kids are in it like what were you going through personally
1: I think having um <clears throat> this is hard um the stress of seeing all four of my kids all of a sudden have everything uncertain. None of them had a job. They were all laid off. They were all on unemployment. And um, it wasn't just like one of my kids was struggling. It it, It wasn't even, financial peace was a big concern, but they were all emotionally struggling because they were all like, out of the place that they love they didn't know what their future was they're uncertain of where to go next or what to do next um it was really as a parent just as a parent to have that and then at that time everything shut down we as a business decided to start making face masks because um We had people that were still trying to do delivery, food delivery, um, and they needed protection. And they were coming to us and asking me, um, Kate, do you guys have the ability to make something for us? Because we don't want to take away from uh, frontline workers. We don't feel good taking away a mask that could be for someone in a hospital that needs it. So it's the selflessness again that you see that like it's just who they are as as individuals. But when that ask was there, I couldn't say no to that. Um, We have an incredible team that knows how to to make these. So we worked on fit and what was protective. What would I want to put on my own kids that were doing this? So we put time and energy into that piece. So Here we were like at the busiest point. Like I literally could barely come up for air. We were working so hard on that all through April. As soon as this hit and we first decided we would go with it, I was meeting people in parking lots and just handing them off. Like I was just didn't want anybody to know really that we were doing it because we weren't sure what that would look like. Or how do we even go about that? What are the, the steps there? once we hit go on that and announced publicly that we were doing it like i can't even tell you how many thousands of masks that we made but we were producing at least a thousand a day and our team was very small it's one of the reasons why we moved into a bigger space was because we were we needed just for social distancing we needed a bigger space to do that so here i am like i'm uh I was receiving shipping like I was all of that so I personally was packaging up shipping out all these orders 500 orders probably a day it was insane and I was the busiest that I was and all my kids were like uncertain and didn't have a job and were very confused and that was extremely hard I wanted to figure out what could I do for that piece right so um it was probably, I would say, one of the most challenging times that I've had this past year was that the uncertainty that they had, but yet we were so busy with what we were doing. It was, it was a mixture of guilt and anxiety and uncertainty and me just showing up. I have a, I, I'm have older. I probably shouldn't have been out doing things during a pandemic, but I was showing up for the team and needing to do what I had to do to try to help protect that, them best i could but also knowing like i want to keep keep them safe what are what's my family going to do what is their future i'm we're still kind of confused on what to do i know one of my one of my sons um he started uh almost right away went into school for uh he computer work so he's gonna get out of the industry i think he's still he went back into the kitchen now as well so he's doing both things, but I don't think he sees his future with this.
0: Yeah. And that's, uh, that's certainly not uncommon. A lot of people have been pushed away from the industry. I know I was talking, I'm going to reset this, but I was, uh, I know, you know, JD Frasky, he's one of the advocates of what you do, a major advocate. And he was kind of talking about that too. He was saying that, uh, some people have just left permanently. It's sad. It's sad that these people who got into this work because they were passionate about it and they they were in the camaraderie of it and it and it just there was something about it that they couldn't pull away from. And then this happens, and then they're forced, admittedly, to take a rational look at life and say, "I just I can't do this anymore. It's not sustainable because I don't know where I fit in this industry anymore." It's just yeah, it's 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 tough.
1: Part of me thinks that people will come back different and stronger. And what I've been seeing is that. um in the time when people have been at home or haven't been able to be in the positions that they were loving um they've been doing more creative work at home coming up with new um ideas for for recipes what do they want to do for i it was i'm watching sort of this new life come back in because i know that even with one of my sons Staying at home and just hanging out was not a good time for him. We're we're talking about very active people, really creative people. Um, having them be dialed back mm-hmm. is just like unhealthy for them, right? Yeah. So seeing a lot of people get back into their work, even at home, working on new ideas, working on what can we do next, uh, supporting each other, seeing like new paths and new ways to to kind of restructure and rebuild. I think this was like a good reset, and I do think restaurants will come back um, probably better and stronger and with a new life That because having yourself pulled back the way that they felt they were um, and the uncertainty. Um, I think that there are new new ways of looking at things, and I, I feel that uh, there's going to be an excitement about the, the things that they're doing. Um, like they haven't had before maybe. It's just going to be a different different lens. That's
0: my hope is that everything comes back better, even people. I mean, I've certainly changed a lot and learned a lot about myself in the past year. Speaking of that, isn't that crazy to think that we're coming up on a year of this madness? I mean, <laughs> perception of time is just, yeah, it just doesn't make sense yeah. anymore.
1: No, having a, a, a year of, of people, I think that uh, the isolation aspect... Um, yeah, it's been a tough year on people. I think that when we are able to get back to just being able to be in the same space with your friends and being able to communicate, I think that that's going to be so greatly embraced. I really believe that restaurants will be the one place that's going to do extremely well, right? I don't know if shopping will be as much of a big thing, but people gathering and wanting to get out and have those nights with their family, with their friends. And I think that's going to be a bigger thing. I think that people have a different appreciation for it. I mean, that's just how my gut feels about it. But I I know that the people are excited to do that.
0: Yeah, I'm cer- certainly looking forward to it. I've had a few experiences that kind of brought me back to those days a little bit, whether going to a restaurant here or there in these new times with masking procedures and stuff. And even though it feels a lot different now, I... It, it, it still felt like I, I went to Burrow a few weeks ago with a friend. It felt still really good to be in a restaurant again. And I was like, God damn it, I miss this so much.
1: <laughs> it's the truth. It's, but it's like you kind of, if you, when you get to sit at the table with the person that you are intending to be with, just having that moment out of your home with whomever you're there with it's kind of, we, we get to just take a break from all of our stressors, right? And just connect with the person we're there to be with. Um, so I think, yeah, having that little moment of that, right? You're like, this feels questionable, <laughs> but really good altogether. Um, yeah, y- you get what I'm saying. I think that people will be excited to to be able to get back. And I think outdoor dining is going to be a great um, way to kind of get back into that as, you know, vaccines are... are you know becoming you know we're all going to be vaccinated we'll we'll push this i mean hopefully we push things aside a little bit and can go back to normal process but um being able to have this summer to be outside and have outside gatherings and dining is going to be a really really good way to kind of transition into uh hopefully back to normal um
0: it'll also be a good way to just process the last year i mean we don't even have to talk about it but just Being with other people and trying to return to some state of normalcy will be really important for processing what just happened because I don't think we still really have, we're almost still kind of like in a state of shock almost.
1: I said truth, right? And then you haven't, uh, not being able to even have that FaceTime with someone and to be like, whoa. That was intense, right? Like you went through the biggest, most traumatic thing a person could experience. We've all experienced it together. But like, whoa, that's kind of mind blowing what we all did. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. And even though some of us experience it at different levels, there is still that same that same notion of, yeah, we, we actually did all experience it together at the same time. So it's this, yes. this common through line that we can all relate to and talk about. And again, just process together. And I think that's really really important. Yeah,
1: Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully like some really kick-ass food will be out there too for us after. (laughs) Do menu designs and the creativity that people have had. Yeah, yeah.
0: Hey there. Just wanted to pause this really quick to let you know that as we went on, the sewing machines in the background got a little louder. So thanks for your patience on that. Anyways, we then transitioned into why Kate used her maiden name, which is bourbon in the branding of her aprons.
1: Having, so my dad was a big piece of my son's lives. And he um, he cooked from scratch. We all just did that. We just cooked from scratch. And my dad, um, it was just something that he did. And I know that, you know, with his dad being, had been a butcher, right, with 12 kids. And I just know that that was a really important piece to them and so when i was um designing our logo tag um and i just thought let's let's give that nod there instead of i was going to call the brand bourbon apron but i was like no it's not it's not spelled as you would pronounce so i just didn't want you know Here's the pun intended is I didn't want people butchering my last name. <laughs> so I left that off and just let it be on the logo. People don't always know what it means and they almost think that's cool and, and a and a neat piece for them. So I, I just leave that where it is and um craft made is is what seemed to be best fitting, right? So that was that that. and the BA is kind of this cool little secret in the industry you get to have your own badass apron and we've had people that that referred to it as that and we also have people that craft made doesn't even be part of 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 their their it's it's not in their verbiage it's BA aprons so we have it's just kind of it's kind of everybody's thing what they want what they want it to be. But yeah.
0: yeah, that is a really kind of a genius move to have an emblem that doesn't have an immediate that where the 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 person viewing it doesn't have an immediate understanding of what it stands for. Yeah,
1: you you kind of have. So to craft make. made aprons, B <laughs> A. Wait, what? <laughs> Matt, we don't always make a lot of sense here, but we have we have we're well intended. Our hearts in it. Um, I was told too when I was first coming up with that logo that it would be so limiting and that it would only be people in Minnesota that would wear it. It's it's not been the case, and the piece that's been really awesome for us to hear is that people see it as an identifier, as community, and uh, a good something that is uh, has heart and intention. And so we hear those things and why people want to be seen with, with that logo and why it want they want it present, and, and that's really cool. That's really, really cool.
0: I have a question. So as things develop and grow for you guys, I mean that partnership with U.S. Foods is pretty amazing. As you're going forward and you're picking up on the trajectory, are you um, – of course, as a business owner, you have to be making rational, logical decisions, but are you also – kind of in this state of what happens happens I'm just going to keep doing this day after day and after day and see what happens or do you have a specific goal in mind do you have a specific vision or outlook or
1: I think there's always for me I always have um I'm looking at future opportunities I think that's part of the really fun part about this for me is that I've been able to watch how people function and what they do and what the needs are and I I gain a lot of input. I try to always use that and think about what would be the next thing that's going to be more helpful. Um, what ideas do we have that can help the industry as a whole, like bigger things that we can do. So we actually have a lot of cool ideas. Hopefully we can put them and piece them together, but it does take time and it takes energy. Um, and we've literally all of all the money that we've put, that we've made, we've put directly right back into what we're doing. So the US Foods Project, we, we've been funding the things ourselves as a business. We're making these moves as a team, um, supporting each other and doing these pieces as a whole, as a team. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking at those, those um, bigger pieces, um, trusting that we've got the right support and trusting that we're doing the right things as a as a brand um it's more about to having a larger platform for the real um discussions that that should probably be there and not that we want to host them or that it's craft mate doing that but it's allowing the people that we care about in the industry to be able to have their voice and to share what what they're doing good and bad we want to we want them to um Share they they're opening a new restaurant. We want them to be able to discuss cool ideas for aprons or clothing or what, whatever they might need. We want, to, we want to have and embrace that. So we kind of keep looking at what's ahead, but knowing that our focus needs to be on the current op, uh, thing that we're, we're working on to really be successful. You have to be patient and make sure that you're putting out the best thing you can um, and then learn from your mistakes as as you're going forward but we do we do keep looking forward at what what's next what would be cool what seems to be uh a good idea or what's just Kate's random ideas because I have about a thousand a day. And uh, if you've met me like midday, (laughs) mornings are my (laughs) best, but if you met me on midday, I'd probably be tossing at you a thousand things. Matt, oh my God, listen, here's what I'm gonna do next. And I love to be able to just toss out the ideas to people around me that care enough to like, uh, Kate, that's really cool, but this one, no. That's not going to be awesome. When we worked with um, Timberwolves and they had a bunch of jerseys, and they're like, What do we do with these jerseys, Kate? Do you have ideas of something that we could do with these uh, jerseys that we can't do anything with, right? There, the players left, but we have a ton of things. So we brought cases of jerseys here, broke them down, and we made the aprons that, that uh, they actually sold in their gift shop. So, craft made aprons were, were sold in the actual. Um, gift shop for the Timberwolves which also blew me away but these were really really cool Um, but those are like more ideas so um, if someone comes to us and says we've got this cool thing what do you think and I'm like I love I love input from someone else I love your ideas so you're gonna give me ideas and I'm like gonna sit for I mean I can just sit with it and I can literally feel it like yeah, that's awesome. Let's do it. So, um, there are people around us that just thrive on on that, and people that that help feed it and and build it, and and believe in it. And those are the pieces that that keep us moving.
0: Right. And as long as you're having fun along the way, and you're not just <laughs> thinking about outcomes all the time, business outcomes. Yeah. Having fun along the way and uh, having a positive impact on the chef community.
1: Yeah, for sure all those things all those things man
0: well i think that's a good place to cap kate i really appreciate you doing this with me today it means a lot it was good take time out of your busy day to do this um what what you're doing again is is really honorable and really special and as someone who almost has a similar outlook on chef culture where i want to give them voices in a culture that doesn't really seem to give them enough of of a voice i can certainly relate to what you do with project black and blue I think that's really special and I try to host those conversations as well with my program so we're definitely like-minded in that regard and I appreciate what you do and just uh, I don't need to tell you this but keep going keep it up thank you
1: Matt likewise this has been really good I appreciate your time
0: hey there Thanks for sticking around. I'll include everything you need to support Kate and her mission in the description of this episode. Be sure to follow the podcast on the official Instagram page, which you can now find at Food Under Fire Pod. You can find it on Facebook as well under the same name. Keep in mind that I recently launched a Patreon for the podcast. Patreon is a service where for as little as $3 a month, you can get access to bonus content and merch. It's optional, but if you're interested, visit patreon.com/foodunderfire. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com/foodunderfire. Find the link in the description as well. If you enjoy the show, consider subscribing on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You could also share with a friend or leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And that's it for this episode, folks. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week. Take care.